1: Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to kick things off with something super fun. And what's a good thing to do on a first date? Maybe go grab coffee, take a walk, go to an event like maybe the state fair? Nope. In a recent survey from the streaming service Tubi, of Americans who stream movies, 57% say Netflix and chill is the perfect first date. That's code, of course, for, you know, watching or streaming a series or a movie and then um, really getting to know each other. So just a PSA, Netflix and chill is okay, but always say no to pirate and booty. Hey, listen, you're about ready to get more tech smarts because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a brand new listener to the Kim Commando show, welcome aboard. Glad to have you with us. And if you're already a listener a huge welcome back you can find my award-winning show on over 425 top radio stations throughout the united states and of course we're streaming in your favorite radio app just search for my last name commando and you can find us as a podcast wherever you get your podcast just search for my last name commando with a k of course and i know that you have a slew of questions that i can help you with and that's why our t-mobile unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us Alrighty then, every single day I go to at least 35 different websites to make sure that we're both up to date on what's going on in the tech universe. And here are the top five things you need to know right now. And let's start with this scenario. Say you're not feeling that well and you can't get to the doctor. Telehealth is not available, so what could you do? Ah, AI to the rescue. You're going to jump inside a so-called care pod. You walk up to the pod's door, you unlock it with your phone, and inside you're going to see a large touchscreen, a chair, and a glowing ring on the floor. That's the full-body scanner, by the way. And maybe you need a blood test, thyroid test, diabetes screening. Basically, any ailment that you might have, it's all inside this care pod. There's no doctor or nurse, by the way. It's just you that walks into this artificial intelligence equipped pod. Now, on the inside, a drawer pops out with everything that you need for whatever test that you want. Now, care pod says that it can also check for STDs. Kind of in the dark about how that one happens. Well, the cost of care pod, on-demand access virtual visits for $99 a month. They do not accept insurance. So snagging a medical appointment right now can be a real headache. And that's why these medical pods can offer health care that's quick, convenient, without waiting rooms. They're going to be available early next year in about 25 different cities. It's amazing. Now, I think this can be a real winner because when you need physical tests, I mean, you just would walk into the pod. Yeah, this is the future, folks. Uh, coming in at number two, an AI smart pin. Well, let me back up. After Apple introduced the iPhone, all phones looked like an iPhone. We're talking about full screens with icons and no buttons. So what's next? In a former horse stable in San Francisco, a husband and wife, along with their small team, are hard at work on what they... And a growing number of experts believe just might be the successor to the iPhone. The small startup company is called Humane, and it's working on an AI smart pin. This is a device that will clip onto your shirt, controlled by speaking out loud or by hand movements. Now, let me tell you something. There is no screen. A full-color laser projects whatever you need to see right in the palm of your hand. It plays music into your earbuds. And they say that its AI is better than anything that we have come up to date, including Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant. The smart pin goes on sale for about 700 bucks in just a few weeks. And now we're all going to wait to see if our love affair with the iPhone is on shaky ground. Uh, Coming in at number three, what do you do if your EV catches fire? You know, car fires happen more frequently with gas-powered vehicles than electric ones. Now, of course, one reason why, there are far more gas-powered cars. And when one catches fire, there's usually an obvious reason. Say, it was probably an accident. But with an EV, this is where it's totally different, folks. A spontaneous fire, usually originating with a lithium-ion battery, can happen with or without an accident, while the car is moving or parked or while it's charging. Now, EVs burn differently than gas-powered cars, of course. I mean, temperatures reach almost 1,500 degrees. So how do you put this fire out? The Wall Street Journal reports firefighters say just let it burn. Seriously, water will not extinguish a battery fire. Yet one more very important reason to never ever charge these things in your garage or your carport. Coming in at number four, your house cleaning during the holidays, you could be sitting on a gold mine. I'm talking about in your closet, the garage, the basement, the attic. It's easy to discover what things have value on the used marketplace. For instance... These used high-quality exercise equipment, it is actually a top-selling item on eBay, offer up and Facebook Marketplace. Now, most sellers, they don't really know the actual value of what they have. Many exercise equipment, and we're talking to weights and dumbbells and stuff like that, they sell very quickly because the owner is moving. They just have to dump them. So if you're a buyer, there are deals to be had. Buyers are also looking for high-quality natural fiber rugs. They want wool, silk, or cotton, And here's one that I bet you're just not expecting. 12 million searches for good used brand name shoes. Yeah. And 70 million right now are looking for toys and games. So dig through what you've got, do a little research, check prices, and then get selling and then shopping online. And coming in at number five, say it in eight seconds or don't say it at all. Every single day, we're all over social media, TikTok, Instagram, Snap, X, Facebook, YouTube, and all the others. And what's happening is that our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. Believe it or not, we no longer have the attention span of a goldfish. Yeah, that goldfish, they say is nine seconds. The average human attention span is now down to eight and a quarter seconds. Wow. Now, if you're speaking before a polite live audience, Professor Jerry Del Colano at NYU says that if you can't hold their attention for eight seconds, you have lost them. The average watch time of an internet video is fewer than three minutes if it's good One-fifth of spotify songs get skipped over after the first five seconds. Wow So here's the deal if you're a content creator you're a writer a speaker a teacher actor singer Performing artist whatever You have to remember you only have one single eight second shot So you want to get to the best parts first All right, let's see. Who should we start with? How about Shauna in Salem, Oregon?
2: So what my question is, Kim, is um, I probably like a lot of Americans have um, investment accounts at, you know, various Vanguard, Fidelity, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I want to combine and uh, track them all in one location. And so I think I've narrowed it down to like using um, Empower, which is the former personal capital. Yes. But it makes me concerned to, I don't, I don't want their advice. I just want to, you know, centralize um, everything together, but they want you to link, you know, your account to each one of them. And I, you know, I have antivirus, I have VPN, but I just don't want to, I just don't feel comfortable clicking that link. And how secure is that? Or how can you be secure doing that?
1: You know, that's a really good question because it does make you feel uncomfortable. Doesn't it? It's like, Ooh, I just gave them full access to all of my banking information. Was that a good idea? (laughs) Like, oh, exactly. OK, and, you know, and then then you're like, then every vision of every hacker movie and you see that guy in the hoodie you're just waiting for <laughs> you to say yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Empower has been around for a long time. As you've mentioned, it was formerly personal capital. Uh, it does have bank level encryption security practices. It's also a uh, read only service, so it cannot initiate any transactions if that makes you feel any better. Uh, You know, that said, it doesn't mean that, you know, you just go willy nilly with it. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that that I might recommend to you, uh, if you are so inclined, is for you to buy a second computer, laptop, whatever it is. And you only use it for this particular application or any type of financial applications, because the reason why is that if you are on your main device. And you just happen to fall for a phishing link because you had too many glasses of wine or it looks really good or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Is that if there is the possibility of getting a piece of malware installed into your system, that if you are not doing any type of banking on that computer, they're not going to have too much to get from you. Right. Because they won't have access to that. And right. that is, yeah. so so that's one of the things that we have set up here at the studios is anybody who does any type of financial transactions is that they have two boxes on their desk when they want to check their email and of course, you know, check their Facebook or you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, it, that uh, they use one machine and then the other machine is just used for financial transactions. But, you know, you always want to, you know, monitor your investments, anything linked into it. You know, anytime you link to a third-party service, Uh, you know, and there's also maybe your financial advisor might have a program that they're using that they might recommend. I know that Morgan Stanley does, uh, but, but you're right. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. We have, you know, BlackRock, we have, like you said, Vanguard, we've got Fidelity, you know, Mm -hmm, and you're like, okay, Um, I just wanted like one God's eye view of everything. You know, that's (laughs) it.
2: That is true. Well, and I've heard you say that about the two computers and, you know, I have also have a. You know, my husband and I both have our own small business, and uh, now you're making me think. Oh, well, I do everything on my my main computer, but I also do go on the internet, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's just an
1: extra security. How, what I kind need of to bring one more computer in? But what kind of business do you have?
2: Um, I, just small uh, manufacturing company. Um, we build toolboards for utilities. So, for how, how many utilities. how many
1: employees do you have?
2: Uh, we only have seven and mostly family, but I'm, my husband and I, my husband's a bookkeeper by trade. Um, we are the only people that do any financial
1: anything. Okay. Um, make sure that you have done a little bit of, cause you're smart. I can tell. Make sure that you've done some cyber training with the, with the seven people uh, okay. because you are a prime target right now. Uh, anybody less than 20 employees is a prime target for, Ransomware and getting hacked and denial of service attacks because the, the whole idea is that you probably don't have a, a bonafide geek of the week that's on staff twenty four seven watching everything that's going in and out of the network. No, uh, and so so you, you know it might be prudent for you just to if there's somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody just somebody do like an audit, a security audit of everything that you have, and then this might be a fun little exercise for you too, Shauna. Is that uh, there are companies out there that will do phishing tests. And so they send out uh, a phishing email to everybody on your staff. Okay. Okay. And then you see who falls for it. Oh, and, wow. That's a great idea. And so that tells you um, where your where your weak link is. And, but, oh. have, but, but. Being, but education is also part of if you don't have cyber insurance, I'm not trying to sell you insurance because I hate all the insurance that I have to buy as a business owner. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is a way for you to lower the cost of the cyber insurance if you can say that you're having at least yearly training and regular updates. Um, the, we did a, a phishing test here uh, with our team, and our IT guy came to me and he said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And I said, "What's the good news?" He said, "The good news is is that everybody passed the test except for one person." And I said, "And who was that one person?" And He said, "Your husband." Like, oh my oh, gosh! <laughs> okay, that would be my husband, honestly. <laughs> okay, yes, he, yes, okay. So, um, so you know, so I know we're talking about empowerment and we went on a tangent right now, but I just want to make sure that you everything's all locked down too. Uh, um. And just
2: one more question on that. So, where would a very, very small business, uh, where would I even start to look for cyber training? Uh, you know, cost effective. Do I just Google
1: it? I mean, no, I you can. Know. You know, you're going to do it online. You can have everybody take it online. And you know what? Let me write up. Um, let me do a tip about this uh, for the website. Okay. And do you get the newsletters? I do. Okay, so I'll put it over the next couple of weeks. I'll put it in the newsletters and on the site. Because uh, I want to I want to do some research. I know the company that we used um, is on one level, but that might be just too much for you. And then I know a, a bigger company that's for like if you're like a Fortune 500 company, you know, one of those type of things, which that's not where you're at. You're really looking at less than 20 employees. But it's really an important thing to keep in mind that, you know, this is your business, this is your livelihood. And we just need to make sure that everything's all locked down because... You know, with phishing schemes and voice phishing and whatever, uh, it's it's becoming a target where I know we have schools and hospitals and, and municipalities and cities and buses. And I mean, everything planes getting hit by ransomware attacks uh, that, you know, we, not planes itself, I mean, airline companies getting hit by ransomware attack is that small businesses are now a total target. So we'll put that together uh, for the website and in the newsletter. If you're not already getting that, you can sign up for the newsletter over at GetKim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. All very, very good questions. I'll tell you, folks, if you have a small business, you really need to be paying attention to any type of ransomware attacks that's happening in your industry and because it's just, oh, it's just nasty out there. All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. Let's talk about the holidays. You're going to be doing some car trips, and gas is super expensive, and you don't want to be wasting all that gas and sitting in traffic. So if you're planning a road trip, here's a nifty trick to see what the traffic conditions will be like, whether you're driving days or even months from now. So here's the deal. Whether you're using Apple Maps or Google Maps, there's a super secret inside. Both will predict really accurately what traffic you're going to hit at a future date. So you might find that leaving earlier or later can shave a ton of time off driving and just sitting in your car. So here's how to use it. On Apple Maps, select your destination, then tap on Leave Now, and from there, you can select a date and the time that you want to leave by or arrive. Now, on Google Maps, search for directions, tap the three dots, and then pick the set depart or arrival time. So both Apple and Google Maps will show you how long the trip is going to take at that future date based on what traffic conditions are normally like at that time of day. It is so sweet. I use this all the time when I'm driving in between, say, Santa Barbara and Los Angeles or Phoenix and Tucson. Well, especially in California where the traffic's just crazy. Again, on Apple Maps, tap on leave now and then select your date and time. On Google Maps, you want to search for directions and then tap the three dots and pick set to or arrival time. It's just an amazing little use of Google Maps and Apple Maps, I'll tell you. Our Have you ever wondered what happens to online orders that the U.S. Postal Service and Amazon, they just can't deliver? It often gets sold online at really, really cheap prices. So there are a few websites where you can bid on unclaimed packages. One website is GovDeals.com, which the USPS contracts to auction undeliverable goods. Now, fortunately, you're not bidding on some mystery box with unknown content. You actually see a photo and a description of each item. Now, another website to check is liquidation.com. And the great thing about this site is that you can filter by brand or retailer. And this is kind of a fun thing. You can see packages and undelivered goods from Amazon, Target, Home Depot, even Walmart. Now, in the auction details, you get a brief description, the auction closing times, and the estimated retail value. So the downsides, yeah, there's always those. Some products that you are bidding on have been returned, okay, obviously not in the most pristine condition. And once you buy something, that's it, baby. There's no way to return it. All right, those two sites again, govdeals.com and liquidation.com. Let's see, Tony in Richmond, Virginia. Glad to have you with us.
0: Uh, Kim, I I have a real problem here. I've been a photographer, a commercial photographer for over 50 years, and moving into the digital world, I'm I'm good at taking pictures, I'm good at working on them in Photoshop, but my digital uh, filing cabinet is a total mess. I've oh, accumulated no. <laughs> I've accumulated 53 external hard drives that are all about, you know, between 500 megs and or 500 gigabytes and and 8 terabytes wow. each, and I just cannot keep up with all the files that I've got um and I'm hoping that you're going to give me some recommendations as to how to lighten my load in my life of the fear of a client calling me up and asking me for a picture I took two years ago.
1: Wow. This is a big problem, Tony. Okay. I'm not going to underestimate it. This isn't something where I can wave my digital goddess wand and go, poof, life is good once again for Tony. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we can try. We can try. Okay. Okay. So you have all these different drives, all these different clients and nothing's organized. Is that what you're saying? Just about. Okay. Are you using Adobe Lightroom or anything like that?
0: No, I just uh, buy two hard drives at a time and just keep dumping files into them as I do projects. Okay. So when they call me for a, for an image, I've got to try to remember what the project was, what the date was, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's embarrassing, and I, I don't say much to my clients, but it does take me hours sometimes to go sure. through hard drives.
1: All right, so what you're going to do is is get something called a NAS. Don't worry about writing this down. We're going to send it all to you, okay? Okay. Uh, NAS, you. NAS is short for, because there's always everything's always shortened inside the tech industry. You know that, uh, mm-hmm. is network-attached storage. And so basically what it is, I want you to think of like, one box that is just full of a ton of hard drives, okay? And what you're going to do is get all the photos that you have on these 53 drives up to 8 terabytes, which is huge, a lot of data. And you're going to transfer all the contents onto this NAS drive, okay? Okay. Um, From there, you can can also, from there, we're going to put on some software that will help you organize and categorize. And so you can find a specific image. So if you know that it was Carolyn on the beach, then you can type in Carolyn Beach and then Carolyn's photos will pop up and you'll have them within seconds and not hours. Okay. Oh, Um, boy, that'd be great. You you could also (laughs) search for boats, New York City by location, Milan, wherever you have been. And and so Mm -hmm. the whole idea is that we're going to put this tool right in front of you. Now, a NAS drive, I will tell you right now, it's not cheap. Uh, this isn't a fifty-dollar hard drive that you're going to buy and throw away. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the it's we're talking like probably eighty terabytes. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, is probably going to run you about three grand. Okay, okay. So and then you have to start thinking about redundancy. So you want to make sure that the the NAS is configured for redundancy because we don't want you to lose any data. And there may be some data that's super important to you that we always want to make sure that's backed up in the cloud as well. So okay. so it's a pretty big project. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just going to say you're going to have to approach this methodically, which sounds like you. this should be no problem for you. Because, I mean, if you can figure out how to find one image on 53 drives, more power to you, buddy. I mean, I'm proud of you for doing that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, cause like, let me tell you this morning, I was looking for my health insurance card and I couldn't find it anywhere. So, I'm like, you know. so, uh, so, so you want to look at uh, a Buffalo uh, NAS drive. We'll send you a link to it. There's a cheaper alternative, but I don't know. I, I think I'd be more, the, the cheaper is say 40 terabytes. Uh, but I have a feeling that you're going to keep finding more drives as you go along. So I'd be inclined to just bite the bullet for the, from the get go And buy the $3,000 NAS and then start working my way on how to configure this and how to get it done. You may need some help, some local help. Somebody to kind of work with you to configure this, get the software on. At least do the first couple of drives to show you the procedure. And then after that, you'd be all good to go. So, uh, Tony, thanks for your call. Uh, Hang on the line. Our lovely Amber is screening calls today and she'll send you out uh, some information via email. That will at least get you started and appreciate your call today. Okay. This is definitely a project that's not going to be fixed overnight. Wow. All right. So you leave your phone charging and you wake up because, oh my gosh, what happened? What time it is? Your alarm didn't go off because your phone lost its charge actually happened to me this past week, only there was no cord nearby. But anyway, we're talking about cords. And I know sometimes I talk about cords and I'm like, okay, there was a fire because somebody used a cheap cord. And you're like, oh gosh, you're being so dramatic. All right. It happened to a girl who went to bed with her iPhone right next to her. She woke up to flame. She was severely burned. Cheap knockoff accessories were to blame. And I know that we all want a deal. Well, the fine folks over at Consumer Reports dug deep into find answers, are the more expensive cables worth it? They purchased seven charging cables priced anywhere from $4.88 to $29. And they did all these tests. The rapid response team, they did the bend test, the twist test. And here's what they found. Every cable they tried, the twist test was okay. The bend test is where things got interesting. The Apple Lightning Cable, $29, survived over 11,000 bends. That's when they stopped bending these things. The Amazon Basics cable, $8.54, held up just as long. The Bitech, the Walmart uh, cables, they just died. So the takeaway here, either buy official chargers, say from Apple or Samsung, or you can buy the cheap ones from Amazon. Again, they're called Amazon Basics is the label. All right, Roger in Tempe, Arizona.
3: I think I called in a few years ago, and I always enjoy listening to your program. I always feel just a little bit smarter after listening to your show.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> That's my goal, you know. Definitely don't want you to feel dumbed down by listening, let me tell you.
3: <laughs> Anyways, uh, I have a monthly subscription to uh, Adobe uh, Adobe Premiere. I have a monthly subscription. I have a background as an Army video broadcaster. Oh, and wow. Editing software... It's come a long way from when I was doing this as an Army broadcaster in Iraq about 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. It has totally
1: changed in 15 years. Oh, my gosh. I mean,
3: we were using Adobe Premiere at the time. I've continued to use it into the private sector as an educator and a sports videographer. However, it has that required subscription that I can't get around. So any suggestions going forward so I can still access my Adobe Premiere files have really good editing software. You know, In other words, is there a better free editing software out there, or do I just need to continue paying the Adobe subscription
1: going forward? You know, this is such a hard question. Now, here's the reason why, is that Adobe is the Cadillac, the Mercedes, the Ferrari, the Lamborghini, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they do have this proprietary file format that other companies just like, mm-mm. And then Adobe's like, don't you be violating our trademark by accepting that file format? Are you kidding? You know? Uh, so if you are familiar with it and you're using it a lot and it's time is money and this is your business, I'm going to say stick with it. But if you want to try something else that is free, uh, DaVinci, mm. DaVinci Resolve, uh, it's, okay. it's a, it's a program that's a lot like Premiere Pro. It uh, does color correction, audio post-production, visual effects, all that other good stuff. Uh, of course, you can't you can't beat Avid Media Composer. The free version is okay, but you're probably not going to like it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then in order to convert these Adobe Premiere profiles, you can uh, export it as an XML file. And then once you do that, that's, that's probably what I would try. Is that export? Export like no, no. You know this. Don't export a, a a thirty minute piece, you know, by any means. But why not? I, I understand. <laughs> well, you know, if you got a lot of time, <laughs> um, you know, you should go for it. But if you, you know, if you want to go out anytime over the weekend, I would say probably not. Uh, so you take that Adobe Pro, and then you, you know, take 30, thirty seconds, sixty, you know, ninety seconds, whatever it is, and then export it as an XML file, and then try to import it into DaVinci Resolve and see if that feels right for you you know mm-hmm. see see if it's you know because some people like for example my husband okay mm-hmm. try as i might okay to get him to use google docs i cannot pry his fingers off of microsoft word mm-hmm. okay. it's the same program it does everything and what we can now collaborate so now you're not sending me uh, a document, a legal document, by email, and then I've got to edit it up and then send it back to you, and then you don't know which version it is. So then you call me, you get frustrated, and ask me why. I can help everybody in the world with their computer troubles except for you, right? Because that's what Insecurity
3: happens. Security issues and so forth.
1: Yes, but you know what? Uh, but but so I've just resolved to the fact that the guy wants to use Microsoft Word because he he knows it, and he feels comfortable with it. You know, and so Makes sense. so that's what I'm thinking with you is that you know you've been using it now for what twenty years, right? 15-ish. Okay, 15-ish years. And and if it's helping you with your business, with your career, like I said, time is money... I might just say, you might just say, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it. But if you want to try something different, hey, you know, I'm all for that. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, take a look at DaVinci Resolve. It's open source and it's free. DaVinci Resolve. They've done some really big movies on this. As a matter of fact, one of my most favorite movies is The King's Speech. And that was all done with DaVinci Resolve. So it's powerful software, truly, truly powerful software. And you may be able to just kind of pick it up in just a nanosecond, which you know, sound like you're super smart and maybe you can do that. Uh, but again, just, you know. Nosey around, and you can also look at Final Cut Pro or Avid Media Composer, but I think you're probably going to be best served with that DaVinci Resolve. And Roger, thanks for your call today. Okay, let's see. We can squeeze another caller in right here. Alan in Indianapolis.
0: Hey, I'm a father of five grown children, and they gave uh, my wife and I one of these digital picture frames for a birthday once, and they would send... Their pictures, you know, of the grandkids and stuff like that. But what we want to do, since my father passed away and somebody gave us some money, is we want to give them all a, a digital picture frame this year that has the ability to just send one email and everybody gets everybody's pictures all at once. Is that possible?
1: Uh, Yeah, you're going to have to do some configurations. But what a great okay. gift that is. Um in basically you're gonna purchase a frame for each of the family member, uh, and okay. then you create an account or accounts on the frames. You do that in a map in probably an app, or you can do it on a website. And then what you do is you're gonna create shared albums or groups. You can invite all the kids to join the group or the album by using their email addresses, and then once they're joined, every one of your children can upload photos to this shared space. Okay? Uh, Okay. One of the best photo frames out there is called the Aura Carver. That's A U R A Carver. We'll send you out. Well, when we put you on hold, I'll we'll send you out a link to it. So don't worry about it. Uh, They're not very expensive. They're about one hundred and fifty bucks each. Uh, but it's the one that I've used with my family and it's really wonderful. It's, it's just really simple to use. It's easy. And especially around the holidays, it does make a really great gift because now everybody can share all their photos and everybody's like kind of all synced up. And what's nice, you can set it up as horizontally, vertically, whatever it may be. Uh, and it's uh, it's a pretty good size frame. It's 10.1 inch. And again, it's called the Aura Carver, A-U-R-A Carver. Alan, hang on the line. Uh, lovely Amber will send you out a link to that so you can take a look at it right now on Amazon and appreciate you getting through today. God, what a great gift idea. All right, if you're ever wondering about whether an image that you see online is legit or not, you can always do a reverse image search using Google. But what if you're a photographer, artist, wants to know the instant someone uses your work and is violating your copyright? Okay, I always tell guys to upload pictures to Google's image search to see where else they're being used. And 10 times out of 10, that beautiful blonde from, I don't know, Germany or Russia or wherever she may be, even in the United States, she's going to scam you. But if you're a photographer artist, you can certainly do that reverse Google image search, but you need something that's better. Here's where the site Pixie.com comes in. It's going to track up to 2,000 of your images and then alert you the very moment that someone uses one. And they're going to help with the takedown notices, too. Of course, they're going to charge a little bit. That's P-I-X-S-Y, P-I-X-S-Y. Hey, do me a solid. Tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show because knowledge is power.
0: This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.